0: It's Friday, August 18th, 2017, and you're listening to the Salvage Title Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Eiseldyke, and I'm here to talk to you about car news, car culture, car something. I don't know what it is. Uh, So today we might do it a little bit more like a regular episode. Uh, We've done a little bit of an experiment this week to see uh, what it would be like to record an episode each day, and you know what? Life gets in the way sometimes, Uh, no matter how easy it is to use Anchor to make these things. Uh, You know, you can't dodge the fact that uh, you have to do some stuff at work, or it's your mom's birthday, or anything else like that. So uh, without further ado, we'll get on with uh, some of the things I'd like to talk about this week. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, new BMW Z4 concept and what that means uh, for both BMW as well as Toyota, who has their new Supra, which is based on that same chassis. Uh, We're going to talk about a question that I saw yesterday in Jalopnik, which I think is one that needs to be updated for everybody every couple of months, and that is, what is the perfect two-car garage? And then, lastly, a car that's been on my mind. I'll have to get you some details at the end. I think I have something. We'll find out. All that and more coming up this week on the Salvage Title Podcast. So announced yesterday out at the uh, ongoing Pebble Beach festivities uh, in Monterey, California, we had uh, BMW unveil the new uh, Z4 concept. Uh, The Z4 concept is, of course, the follow-up to the Z line at BMW uh, that kicked off with the original Z3 back in, what was that, 1997, 1998? Uh, You know, and then we have the Z8 after that, and then the various iterations of the Z4. Uh, This one here would be the third iteration of the Z4 line, uh, which uses a new platform that was co-developed by uh, BMW and Toyota, along with potentially powertrains. I'm not 100% sure on the powertrain aspect of it. Uh, But what we see here is a car that definitely... it it follows through on some of the flame surfacing details that we saw with the original Z3 uh way back in the day um, we've seen you know a real evolution in b m w style these past couple of years, and this new z four concept seems to continue lot that on it's got some very smooth flowing lines it's got a much more advanced cockpit uh featuring some new technology It looks like it's got some really uh striking changes at least in terms of the grille where we're losing the typical slats that we've seen are seen traditionally with the dual kidney shape and instead it's got those I don't even know if you want to call it a new trend, where it's got like the little sticks that stick out, and they're like little pegs that kind of give some detail to the to the grill itself. Um, BMW saying that this is a pretty strong preview for what the production vehicle is going to look like, and I have to say, that is going to be one beautiful roadster. Um, the one thing that they didn't really give a lot of details on uh, with the car uh, press preview is that... Uh, we don't know what the powertrain looks like uh it being bmw uh, it's a safe bet that we're going to see a turbocharged straight six maybe a turbocharged inline four for lower trim z4s um, the other thing we didn't get is dimensions and maybe it is just the shape of the car of the new car but it looks significantly larger than the current z4 now that being said the current z4 Uh, really isn't that big. It is long, to say the least, but overall, it's still a pretty small car, just like the Z3 or the previous Z4 and the Z3 that preceded it. Um, This Z4 seems like a more more like a Z8, more like a luxury-sized coupe. Um, So maybe we're looking at something that's a little bit closer to a Jaguar F-Type or maybe not quite a Corvette, but, you know, getting up there Um, It sharing its bones with the Toyota Supra seems to suggest that it's going to have to be a bigger car as well. Um, But man, what a good-looking car. Uh, BMW really seems to be knocking out of the park, and I think they're definitely feeling the pressure from Audi and the TT on the tech front, uh, and it really seems that they're going to try to put forth some money, which, you know, overall, pays in dividends. The big question is what this means for the Supra. Um, All the pictures we've seen of the new Supra seems like it has a fairly generic style uh presence which in my opinion is completely fine um just the same it seems like it's going to indicate that the super is going to be a pretty big car which again seems like a fairly good idea the question then becomes if they're sharing powertrains does this get the bmw turbocharged straight six um recently leaked power figures were saying that the super is only going to have 350 ish horsepower with a turbocharged V6, which doesn't seem like an awful lot, uh, all things considered. But we've also got to remember that Toyota needs to keep distance between the uh, Toyota Supra, uh, the Lexus RC, and then, of course, I'm sure that BMW wants to keep them off their back with the Z4. Um, but overall, I mean, this has me very excited. One, for just a beautiful rendition of a new Z car from BMW, and two, that the Supra might end up being something really special as well. Uh, What do you guys think? Uh, I I think it's going to be a pretty cool thing that's going to happen. I think the only concern I think we're going to have to have for both is how heavy it's going to be. I believe BMW was saying that they're going to use some advanced materials in the vehicle. Let's hope that carries over to Toyota as well. They've done a lot of work with carbon fiber over the past three years, both Toyota and BMW combined, and hopefully that makes its way in, uh, along with a lot of use of aluminum to keep the vehicle weight way down and to keep the driving dynamics much more fun, much more agile. Uh, you know, We'll see. I'm just really excited for the future. next up a little more bit of a personal segment uh where we kind of think about something that's going on uh question on Jalapnik yesterday was what is the perfect two-car garage um you know and i feel like that is a truly subjective question uh you know i put that question out to some folks and a lot of people are you know indicating that a tesla is a good baseline for a vehicle and then some kind of suv and i think that really seems to be the general agreement for everybody is some kind of truck Some kind of car. And it really says a lot about who you are. Um, Well, maybe not a lot, but a decent amount about who you are, about which ones you choose. Um, For me, myself, I think my initial reaction was uh, the new Honda Pilot. I think that is just a beautiful truck. Apparently they drive quite well. It's just a good size with some pretty decent off-road capability at a pretty good price. Um, And if not the Pilot, go with the Ridgeline. Um, I think a good argument could be made for either one there. Uh, And then something like a Chevy SS, um, something that's a decent family-sized vehicle with you know some serious sporting credentials a v8 would be a good uh add-along to that and overall you'd have two cars that in theory would last you quite a long time uh that would be a lot of fun to drive in their own respective ways and be able to take your family assuming you have one everywhere Um, adding a tesla into the mix for some folks i think seems like a pretty smart choice Um, it's definitely an indicator of where people would like to go And it's interesting that a lot of people who don't have the means to purchase a Tesla put a Tesla so high up on the list of cars that they want to buy, uh, which really shows how great Tesla's doing at marketing. Uh, Even if people can't afford to buy their vehicles, people are just dream car every single time. Um, I think it's also interesting that a lot of people aren't putting two Teslas in the garage. Uh, one person uh, mentioned yesterday that they wanted to do a uh, Tesla Model S and maybe an X, but probably just do a generic SUV. Um, so, you know, there's still limitations, I think, to the idea of going fully electric for a lot of people. Uh, you know, I, I was thinking about it as well, with just like if there were other interesting ideas and I was thinking... You know, maybe something along the lines of that new Buick GNX that's coming out, the uh, all-wheel drive Regal with the 3.6 liter V6, uh, which would be a pretty good sporting car that would be able to get through a lot of weather conditions, but then I kind of lost track on if I would want to go with an SUV or not. Like, the really, the trick seems to be, at least being somebody who's based in Michigan, you got to get at least one all-weather vehicle and then one that's a little more fun. But, you know, where do you start crossing into lines where you do two completely different types of things? You know, super-duper dream car garage for me would be something like a Nissan R33 GTR, uh, you know, in white. You know, just the typical, well, not even the typical Skyline choice. If I could get one imported, that would be great. And then doing some kind of SUV or pickup truck to go with it uh, especially when it comes to, like, towing and things like that. Uh, you know, the new Dodge Durango SRT seems like a fairly interesting choice in that regard with a little more power, a little more attention to the sporting credentials, uh, but still being a family vehicle. But uh, even then, you know, I don't know. It, it's, it's such an interesting question. And I'd be interested to hear what you guys think. Uh, feel free to drop me a line here on Anchor or hit me up on Twitter at YSSMAN. Thank you. Last up, a car that has been on my mind is the Toyota, well, Lexus. Uh, I guess it depends on what part of the world you're in. Uh, here in the U.S., it was the Lexus SC300 and SC400, and outside of the United States, it was sold as the uh, Toyota Soar. Uh, the first generation model in particular has kind of piqued my interest. Uh, those were built from... Uh, 1991 to 2000 uh, they lasted quite a long time in the toyota lineup uh, and kind of mirrored the uh, toyota supra that was out in a similar time frame uh, they did share a lot of basic components i believe the chassis was actually shared between each uh, as well as the uh, three liter straight six in the base version and then the four liter v8 that the uh, sc400 received was from the uh, toyota or excuse me the uh, lexus ls uh, that was on sale at the time. Uh, both cars, you know, were pretty well-regarded uh, in in their time frame, uh, noted as being pretty reliable, relatively sporty, but leaning more towards the comfort end of the spectrum compared to the Supra over at Toyota, which obviously had a few more sporting credentials. Now, these cars, for a long time, you were able to find for next to nothing. Uh, For some reason, they just didn't receive the same kind of attention that the Supra did, um, and probably justifiably so, uh, on the used car market. Um, You know, some of these were owned by older folks that, you know, just drove them and didn't really maintain them necessarily, and you had other ones that had been maintained really well, and subsequently, now that they're gaining a lot of attention, the prices are raising up quite a bit. Um, You know, well-kept SCs, I can see, you know, in the mid Teens these days, which isn't exactly a shocking thing, knowing that used Supras are still going for well over $20,000, uh, particularly well kept Supras, uh, unmolested Supras in particular, going for $25,000 or more. Uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things, if you were someone looking for a performance bargain, a Lexus SC or a Toyota Sawyer our soarer would make a lot of sense um you've got a great platform that adapts to a lot of the supra bits and bobs on the inside uh you've got that typical toyota and lexus reliability that's going to keep the car on the road for quite a long time and you know in general you get a car that doesn't really look like it's too serious of a performance vehicle i mean if i have one nagging thing about the car is that wow they look kinda boring. Um, you know, later updates made them look a little more visually striking, but it didn't really help that the Toyota Solara, which came out later in the life of this vehicle, looked kinda similar. And you know, if you're not a car person, you're not gonna really be able to tell the difference too easily. Um, you know, at the same time, this SC, this beloved SC, was eventually canned and replaced by the Lexus SC430, which has been lauded, or maybe not even lauded. I don't even know what word you want to use it. It has been just tossed in the dirt uh, in recent years as one of the worst cars ever made. Uh, In terms of uh, driving dynamics, looks, and overall performance, it just doesn't really live up to the hype that the previous SC had. And then the SC name has gone away. Um, You know, kind of replaced... In some sense, by the RC Coupe, which has largely been a disappointment, um, especially as a follow-up to the uh, old IS Coupe, which kind of, sort of, was well-regarded. Um, it's uh, The RC just is too heavy to do what it needs to do. And now we have the new LC, which technically would be the real successor to the SC program. And overall, I think the uh, LC has been pretty well accepted, especially the LC 500 with that deliciously beautiful V8 that's under the hood. Um, so, yeah, you know, uh, keep an eye out for some SCs, uh, you might find some that are in really good shape for not too bad of prices around you, um, I'd be curious to know to see, actually, what we've got here in Michigan, I haven't looked in a little bit, but, uh, just something I've seen recently, it was, it was a clean black one, that I know there's a red one I see occasionally, there's been some, uh, green ones as well that just, you know, that you see them from once in a while and you go, wow, look at that, Alexis SC in good shape, it's crazy, and... You know it's just been on my mind so guys hit me up you think the uh lexus lc sc all those ones are they good cars are they something to follow up through um hit me up on uh anchor here or uh, check it out on twitter at yss thank you all right guys well that just about does it for uh this week's episode i don't know what who this has been a week it's been a week guys you know we tried some experiments we did some things uh this is the first real episode i've done all week um interested to hear what you guys think about some of the formatting stuff is it better to do one subject and three pieces or do three separate single pieces um yeah i don't know it's uh been a pleasure, guys. Uh, anyway, this has been the uh, Salvage Title Podcast for August 18th, 2017. I'm your host, Brad Isledeich. Uh As always, you guys can reach out here on Anchor FM by uh, dropping me a line or on Twitter at YSSMAN. I'd like to hear from you guys about some of the stories, some of the formatting, uh, some story ideas, if there's anything you want me to talk about. Um, I am thinking about doing a short series of episodes uh, kind of talking about different categories of cars and maybe my three top choices in each one um, i think that would be something for people who are looking to buy new cars if they're looking for some car advice in general um, or if people are just looking to get some opinions about what's good in the marketplace these days uh, i think it might be a good idea to kind of break down some basic segments and go through them so i'll have to do some research i'll have to figure out what's the best way to do that and we'll kind of go from there Uh, But as always, guys, I hope you have a good rest of the weekend uh, or week or weekend or wherever you're at. Whenever you're listening to it, uh, drive safe, be a good person and uh, do your best. Have a good week, guys. Thank you. Bye bye.